What's happening, everyone? And welcome back to the Beautiful Hustle podcast. We're so excited to have session two of three. And if you're listening to this episode first, I'm going to have you hit pause and go back and listen to the first episode because it will make much more. Today's episode will make much more sense if you listen to yesterday's on balancing feelings and fact. But today we're going to talk about developing mastery. And Virginia, this is, you've been in the business a long time and through many evolutions and changes, the word mastery kind of gets thrown around a lot. Um, what do you, what's your definition and what do you think that really means? <laughs> Such a great topic. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So, um, so when I think about mastery and achieving mastery, I think it's all about deciding who we want to be, the type of person we want to be, mm-hmm. the manager, the hairdresser, the owner, the leader, the friend, whatever it is, and then proving it to ourselves with small wins, repeated day after day, really consistently and over time. In fact, James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Yes, I am a big fan. Do you know it? Have you read it? I have multiple times. It's so Uh good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And it's such an easy read. I Mm -hmm. really, really encourage everybody to pick it up or download it, listen to it. It is awesome. And he talks about this idea that when we want to develop a new habit or we want to get really good at something, it's about doing it again and again and again and again and again and continuing to do it even when it gets a little hard. Mm -hmm. even if we don't feel motivated. And I think the thing about mastery in our craft, I I feel so, so fortunate. I have been able to work with some of the most brilliant hairdressers and owners and leaders and business leaders. And I think for sure, when you're looking at somebody who makes it look really easy, you know, what you're really seeing is the end result of their practice. What you're not seeing is all the times it was really hard. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think it's all about practice and the quality of the practice. And, um, I think I was talking just a little bit earlier about, um, think, think, think about, Nature is such a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look to nature for inspiration in everything. And it teaches us these beautiful lessons, leadership lessons and life lessons. But, you know, an oak tree knows what it wants to be. It's not trying to be a plum tree or a maple tree or a birch tree. It's going to be an oak tree. And we put it in the ground and there's all this stuff happening underneath the soil before we even see the first hint of a sapling. It's all going on underneath. And I think it's the same for us. You know, we, we have to kind of mine that. soil. we have to practice, we have to work, 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 work. And then little bit by little bit, that little shoot comes up. And then all of a sudden we get this really amazing trajectory of growth and confidence, but it comes from having put that seed in the ground and having tilled the soil. Yeah. I love that. And um, what it makes me think of is my career path, how I can relate it to it is I came from behind the chair and stepping into a business role as a salon development partner for Aveda. I had so many insecurities going into it because I don't have a business degree. I essentially failed out of college. Um, And then I'm surrounded by all these people who are masters of business. And I'm getting to meet people who understand the industry on a level that I didn't even know. Um, 
and that the insecurities can either kind of stop you from that, or it can inspire you and excite you to want to kind of follow in the lessons that they've taught. And I've been so lucky to be able to see so many people throughout my path that have inspired me and kind of grabbed my hand and brought me along the way. I love that. And I love that you said that and look how brilliantly you're doing. You know, I, um, when, when you were talking, what flashed in my mind, are, are you familiar with any of the work around growth mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you read the book or listened to anything associated with it? I've listened to some interviews and of course some podcasts, um, of people who have been really successful with the growth mindset. Yep. So the, the work comes from a woman named Carol Dweck. D-W-E-C-K. And you can, you know, download, there's a growth mindset assessment that you can take, but just exactly what you just said, Jessica, is kind of the essence of where mastery comes from, right? So you can either say, I'm only good at certain things, right? Which is a fixed mindset. Or you can say, I can be good at anything. That's a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You can say, I give up when things get too hard. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to keep trying until I get a little bit of the result that I'm looking for. It's that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, all of us are filled with this limitless potential. I mean, it really is unbounded. So when we think of develop, developing mastery in the craft or in anything we want to get good at, it's simply about turning our attention there and being willing to encourage ourselves along the way until we start to see the result that we want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've been in my role now for 11 years. So looking back, I almost am not even familiar with those feelings anymore. You know, I have different insecurities today, but my ability (laughs) to impact someone's business and grow their business isn't there anymore. Um, But I do remember in the beginning feeling like uh, really badly wanting overnight success with it. And you're right, mastery takes time. So what kind of advice or... um, information can you give a stylist who is maybe newer to their craft and they want to be a great immediately they really want that quick satisfaction of overnight success yep yep for sure you know we always want to be there before we're there right we get excited <laughs> yeah. about things <laughs> so we, you know i was going to be for sure a prima ballerina at one point in my oh. life i really decided that that's what i wanted to be right um but i quickly learned that I was not either built for or um, necessarily willing to do what it took to really be a great, you know, prima ballerina. But I, I think the encouragement is all around the small wins and doing the little things. So, you know, it is not about tackling as a hairdresser. It is not about opening that toolkit and putting, you know, masterful skills into your toolkit as fast as you can, Mm -hmm. because it's impossible to do that. It's about picking up a skill, noticing it, exploring it, being curious about it, being excited about it, finding somebody who has that skill and whose work you love Mm -hmm. and learning what they did and how they did it and studying with them and um, finding mentors and taking classes and letting go a little bit. Because, you know, not every, every great hairdresser that I've ever met is still practicing the perfect bob. None of them have Mm -hmm. achieved it, right? right? So, so I think we have to let our creative spirit go a little bit. And yeah. 
I love that you mentioned mentors too. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they were mentioning, um, this girl had written in and said, you know, I don't have any mentors. How do I find a mentor? And I loved the answer that the podcast host gave. She said, literally reach out to those that you admire because most people who are in a position of success would be so flattered and excited to be able to share, you -hmm. you know, their path with you. And even if you think about if anybody ever reached out to any one of the three of us, we would be so ecstatic to help them and guide them through it. So I think that mentorship is a huge part of the mastery. Oh my gosh. So happy the door is open and have a full and happy heart to speak with anybody anytime about anything. And I mean that very, very sincerely. And I think any, you're, you are so right, Jessica, when I think about uh, my mentors and the people who have coached me along the way, they are only ever a phone call away. Mm -hmm. And anyone that I have ever reached out to, um, when I've been perplexed or troubled or needed encouragement or anything like that. Um, it's just, they're just right there. Right. And sometimes when we're developing and in our practice, we just, we need a little perspective. We get a little bark mark, right. Um, we are working so hard. I'm a, I don't know if any of you out there are, you know, into, you know, health or fitness or well-being, but I am a Pilates freak and I do. Um, I love Pilates and I've been doing it for about 15 years. And Joseph Pilates was a genius because he designed mm-hmm. this system where they're, they're all the same exercises. It doesn't matter what equipment you're doing it on. It could be the chair, the reformer, the tower, the springs or whatever, but it's these levels, right? So when you start, you're starting at the introductory level, but you're learning a version of the same thing you're practicing when you get to level five Mm -hmm. and um, kind of set this course for it being a practice and really never quite getting there. There's always something to work on. And I think hairdressing or leadership or, you know, whatever it is we're working on is really the same way. I also thought about when you were talking, I thought about wasn't it um, Mr. Rogers who said, look for the helpers <laughs> when we need help? Oh, yeah. Look for, the, yes. look for yes. the helpers. Yeah. So, yeah. So Virginia, what do we, cause I have several team members and, and I've had team members in the past who are within their first few years and, you know, they're struggling because they're not, you know, maybe picking up as quick as they thought they should, or they're working next to a master and that can be daunting in its own right. How Mm. do we, how do uh, me as a leader specifically, you know, kind of guide uh, a newer hairdresser or, you know, someone I like, for example, I have uh, someone also who is just beginning her first few steps in the leadership. And so Mm. just that, you know, those beginning steps, how do we, build their confidence to, to stay the course, uh, to get to the point where they, uh, start thinking about mastery. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And I think it's, I think it involves, I'm working with one of our leaders right now on her development on the business side. And so I can really, really relate to what you're talking about. I think we have to start small and with things that are easier to grasp, easier to understand that provides the confidence and the the encouragement to continue to want to move up the learning curve because not everything is as easy to learn. And all of us, we don't all learn in the same way. We all learn very differently. Some of us gravitate to certain things faster. Some things are a little bit more of a stumbling block, um, et cetera. So I think we have to start with, you know, begin at the beginning and then 
really, really focus on skill building. And I think when it comes to the harder things or when people feel a little blocked or stuck, I think right there, it's kind of a stop, drop and roll process. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, hey, look, you know, this feels a little challenging right now. It's a moment in time. We are going to walk through this, but let's stop and break it down just a little bit. So yeah, formulation can feel a little daunting. It can feel a little confusing, but really, if you look at it, it's five simple steps. So let's let's work on those steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a combination of all of those things. I know in developing the business capacity of our manager, our guest care team leader, we really want to develop her into a manager. And so we have to develop her business mindedness and uh, we have to help her understand how to balance feeling and fact in making decisions that are good for the business. Mm -hmm. So we started with some really, really, really basic kind of really easy things to help understand how the salon makes money. And then we sort of eased from there into a basic understanding of the financial statements. And then from there, we sort of eased into uh, a tool that we have from the Virtual Business Academy, the P2 calculator, so she could see how the Mm -hmm. things she impacts every day pre-booking and helping, you know, to get a guest in, right? Moving things around to get a guest in. The real impact that that has on the business and the value that she can add. Um, I also think it's really about helping our developing team members come from a mindset of adding value. And when I say that, I'm not talking about I'm not passing a judgment on whether or not we're valuable people. That's a given. What I'm talking about is helping them look through a lens that says, how can I add value to the experience that I'm creating for this guest today? How can I add value to my salon team? How can I add value to our company by doing those things that are value adding? You know, the great consultation we talked a little bit about last time, right? We're going to talk a little bit more about today, maybe. Um, So it's sort of that little by little idea and uh, recognizing that we've got our whole career to be together our whole career. So we don't have to rush to it tomorrow. The other thing that I really think is just super, super critical for owners and managers is to have a great career path outlined Mm -hmm. for the people that you're developing. Yeah. Right. So we owe them from the moment they join us out of school until they achieve their highest levels of mastery, a very clearly articulated career path that shows them step-by-step what they can do and what they can become and really, really refined at each level. At this level, this is how many guests that we would, you know, think we could do per week. And this is what that means in terms of your income. And this is what happens when you get to the next place, et cetera. So we have a really great team member growth plan in the virtual business Academy that, um, fills that bill. I know lots of people have Mm -hmm. lots of different systems out there, but that's so important because when you're practicing and when you're learning and growing, holding the vision for what you want to become is everything. That's what pulls you through the sticky bits, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that growth metric that you referenced to another thing that it's done for salons, I've used it within, and I don't even know if 
I didn't foresee this being something that would come of it, but sometimes a new talent team member will look at it and then they'll look at those levels, 10, 11, 12, and they didn't even know that was in their potential future. They'll look at that and say, I never in a million years thought I could do that with this career. So I think it's also shows them the trajectory is really limitless once they decide to dig in. Totally, totally. And if you go back to that fact feeling conversation we had, the feeling is their vision for who they want to be and what they want to be, want to become. The mm-hmm. fact side of the conversation is that we've laid out a plan and showed them step by step how to get there. So, um, it, you know, super important. Um, it takes practice. This is a craft and it's not something that we get good at overnight or anyone gets good at anything, cooking, playing the piano, leadership, you know, it's constant yeah. practice. And so helping people develop that mindset is really, really important. And I think that's one of the ways, like we were saying, you know, when someone's on their beginning stages, having that outline, just that's the fact part of it. And it feels better knowing that there's something laid out for you or that it's possible or just knowing that something is there and it's not just a dead end. We integrated the, the TSP growth tracks and, um, I just recently hired an esthetician and I showed it to her and she's been in luxury spas her whole career. She's been doing this for a long time. And she was like, I've never seen anything like this. And she goes, this is what we can make here. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, this is, you know, if, if you meet these benchmarks, then this will happen. And she was, and she was like, okay, I'm sold. Like I want to work here. Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. And it's so crazy how that fact feeling dynamic mm-hmm. kind of shows up in everything, right? Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I, I just love the power in it. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, try to slow down if you can. I know you're eager and I love that. <laughs> and then try to slow down and let yourself go. You know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think some of the development stuff that we do when we're first starting out, it's like practicing the notes and the scale. If we're trying to play an instrument or play the piano and, you know, maybe we really, really, really love jazz music, or maybe we really love classical music or rock or R and B or whatever it is. It all comes from the same notes. So we've got to get those notes down Mm -hmm. and we've got to gain a level of confidence in our playing of that technical foundation, those notes, we've got to get that down there and in our DNA and in our interpersonal skills with our guests so that we can play the symphony we really want to play. And, um, yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, it's, it can be easy right now to say the Gen Z millennials, it's an instant gratification, but really it's not a generational thing. It's just our culture right now. You know, I'm, I'm Gen X, um, And so it's, you know, I kind of used to be like, oh, millennials. And then I found out I'm kind of a millennial. (laughs) And I was very upset when I found that out. Yeah. Now millennials are having grandbabies. So you've got to kind of set that down. Not that Mm -hmm. you are, but yeah, we, you know, we, and I also think what's so interesting about that um, comment, Philip, and I love that you said it. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about this next time. You know, those broad based brushstroke, those broad mm-hmm. brushstroke definitions, those, those aren't enough today. 
right? Yeah. We have to be a lot more specific and a lot more customized because our guest is and our team members are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, you know, our, the readily available electronics that is certainly heightened things. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, talks about um, the dopamine cycle and how our phones trigger that. Do- we are addicted to them mm-hmm. literally because of the instant gratification, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So when we're practicing things and you ask that great question about what to do for especially a developing team member who might feel the frustration, we got to have them practice something that's easier to practice out of the gate. And then we've got to link a gratification to it right away. Mm-hmm. Because that's what helps build the confidence. Yeah. And those little wins inspire mm-hmm. you to keep going and push for the next one and try again for the next level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And help you gain the confidence that mm-hmm. um, maybe it, it didn't work this time, but it might next time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the more you practice, the happier, happier you feel about just the practicing. And it's the practicing that mm-hmm. ultimately gets you to the result. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about mastery and and Mm. people who are masters. I'm curious, who do you consider a master in hairdressing today? And who do you look to or in in leadership as well? um, But who do you look to for developing your own personal mastery? Oh, wow. Because to me right now, you're the master and I'm learning. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) who are you learning from? So not, I am just, I feel like I'm in the, you're very kind. I don't, I don't feel masterful. I feel eager and curious. And I think that that's, I think I spent a lot of time in my career being afraid and not feeling very confident Mm. at all. and because I had a hard time finding my voice, my go-to overcompensation was to talk too much almost or talk Mm. too loud or, you know, whatever. I think it's only been in the refinement. (laughs) We can definitely relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. We all, it's, it's, it's an inward journey. That's for sure. So thank you for saying that. And I, when I look externally, um, I am, I am inspired by someone new almost every day for, because, because when you open your mind, it just, people just cross your path and it just kind of blows your mind. But, um, I think on the hairdressing side, you know, I came up in the business when Sassoon revolutionized how Mm -hmm. women wear their hair prior to his phenomenal vision and work and practice. And actually he practiced talk about, mastery. He practiced those shapes for 12 years before he ever kind of brought them forth to the world. But he single-handedly changed the way women wear their hair. Mm -hmm. And he spawned generationally a tribe of hairdressers who are as inspiring to me today as he was back then. Like when I look at Ricardo Dennis Mm -hmm. or Gerard Scarpacci or I I just kind of get weak in the knees because they're so flipping good at what they do, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so I think, and they're also, you know, new masters and, um, people kind of coming from all different places and 
all different genres and all different cultures and are teaching us today. So I think we're in this time when um, things are much more wide open, Mm. much less defined in terms of who is considered to be a master Mm -hmm. and much more, there's much more kind of food out there because we do have technology you know, so if we follow our inspiration, we're going to find our teachers. Our teachers live on the, they live where the inspiration is. When we feel that energy, that's where our teachers are, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when we look at an image and we're inspired by it, I, I looked at something, a series that Peter Gray did for Italian Vogue last week, and I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I, 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 it, right, and then on the on the leadership side, I'm sort of a I'm sort of a, you know, podcast and I'm a podcast junkie and I'm also a TED Talk junkie. Yeah. So I'm a super, super deep dive student of Brene Brown because I think her work is so oh, yeah. whole. Yes. Um, and I think it's work that any developing leader or emerging leader would be greatly benefited by because essentially what I believe she's teaching us is to recognize those things that we tend to want to shield or hide from people mm-hmm. are really part of what make us strong. Yeah. Yeah. So when we can kind of open up a little bit mm-hmm. and expose our soft white underbelly and allow people to see us for who we really are, we're stepping into our power. And I think yeah. that that applies for a hairdresser behind the chair or a leader or anybody else who wants to, bring out what's inside them to bring. Oh yeah. Brene Brown is one of my biggest inspirations and has definitely probably besides the couple people that are close to me personally has shaped my leadership style and career for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and continues to offer such, you know, incredible work. I, um, I was on a call this morning, um, you know, there's so much great education available to us in our business and outside of our business. And I was listening to a webinar this morning, uh, on serious business, right. Which I hope if for the people who are listening, if you're listening to this immediately after the first of the year, please, if you haven't gotten your ticket, go, it's probably the best industry thing we've got. Shameless plug, right. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to add so hard to your shameless plug right now because we are, did a giveaway on the podcast for a ticket to serious business. Um, on December 28th, we gave away a free ticket to somebody to be able to participate in the virtual. So we are huge fans of serious business. And of course, if you haven't gotten your ticket already, make sure to get it because it is a life changer. And mm-hmm. actually, that's where I got to see Brene Brown speak. Mm. Me too. Yeah, me too. That's what started me on me my too. journey with her. I know. And to your point, Philip, that work has transformed. That led to, I heard her once, that led to a three-day workshop that mm. led to a much bigger <laughs> workshop that oh, led yeah. to, you know, um, work with a coach that led to, you know what I mean? It yep. just mm-hmm. goes. So you, you got you to gotta follow the way showers and where your inspiration, wherever your inspiration or your curiosity is tweaked, go there. Because yeah. when you follow that internal GPS, which is so strong, it's inside all of us and it is hardwired to lead you to the thing that is your, it it keeps you on your path. And so the more we give it a voice, the more it, it 
speaks. Yeah. <laughs> and the more it speaks, the more opportunity it puts in our path. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think some other people that uh, on the leadership side that I think really have a lot to offer. Seth Godin did a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of work. He's a, you know, he's the guy who started that whole purple cow thing, but he has yeah. a killer killer podcast and a blog that's just really wonderful to follow. Same with Simon Sinek. Um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. His work is all about how great leaders inspire action. And mm-hmm. I think that is sort of sits at the foundation of what we're trying to do in the salon is inspire people to take great yeah. action. And yeah, I yeah. love, I love Simon Sinek. He has definitely been someone, uh, his books and his videos have shaped my career and leadership style for sure. Uh, the leaders eat last his uh, viral video on his why. And I, I think he used Apple as an example of why they do what they do. It's not that they're necessarily better uh, than any other computer company, but their, their reasoning behind everything is what inspires their clientele. Like I'm a huge Apple fan. And uh, so, yeah, he's just, Simon Sinek's just, I could sing his praises all day. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I, I think those are the, the guys, um, I watched the YouTube top 10, um, not the YouTube, I'm sorry, the Ted talk Mm -hmm. top 10, right? Because those are really the thought leaders. Those are the people who are kind of pushing the boundaries on the dialogue that is happening in our culture right now that is also shaping um, kind of the conversations we're having as leaders and for sure that we're having with our teams. So that's a really good resource mm-hmm. for, um, for leaders. And then, you know, I, I also think our industry is filled with incredible mentors and incredible way showers. I was just on, we were talking about serious business, um, earlier and we were, um, giving serious businesses a shameless plug this mm-hmm. morning. I was, listening to two of my mentors, two of the people who at every formative step in my career development shaped and guided my thinking. One was Van Council and the other was Deborah Mm -hmm. Neal. Um, You know, so I just think we, it it kind of goes back to decide who you want to be, like fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. I want to be the kind of friend who is always there and then prove it to yourself with really small wins. And so I want to be the kind of hairdresser who uh, really listens to their guest, really makes a deep connection, really creates transformative experiences, really connects the inside to the outside, really creates an image for how people want to feel, really is a superior technician, really is a just fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And then, um, get really comfortable with being in the space of proving it to yourself every single day, one step at a time and creating the grace and the space to make mistakes. Oh my good Lord. Mm -hmm. We we have to be able to um, have things not work. That's how we know how they can work, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's only by doing the things that we don't know how to do that we get to do them. So, yeah. And I think the common thread and I am putting you in this category, but you know, you, Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, all of these people that we reference that are masters because Philip and I certainly would again, reference you as a master. Um, 
once they've made the commitment of who it is they want to be, there's this unwavering curiosity. Mm. And it didn't stop when they made it to the top. Because as you mentioned before, I don't think they ever felt like they made it to the top. And that's what made that mastery happen is that unwavering curiosity on a subject that they are just so passionate about that they're not looking at the top of the mountain. They're just, you know, looking at the sun past it and trying to always keep going. Exactly. Exactly. Because, because the path keeps expanding. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and it grows in the direction of the questions we ask, not the answers. So, you know, there's so much more power in, oh, wow, interesting. How did you do that shape? Or how did you create that technique? Or tell me more about that placement or whatever it is. There Mm -hmm. is so much more power in the question than there is in the answer. Because the minute you ask the question, the path to the answer is going to show up. Yeah. And so I think we're in this time, especially now, man, think about the year that we've just come through. Yeah. We are in a time when wide open curiosity, we have a completely blank canvas yeah. from which to create. And so we get to take all of the things that, you know, fixed mindset, growth mindset, think about it. We can look at the year that's passed and say, you know, holy Hannah, <laughs> you know, that was the toughest year on the planet. And and for, for so many of us, I mean, it is, and it's been difficult, difficult on the ownership side, difficult in the, on the leadership side, difficult for hairdressers, people making changes all over the place in every facet of their mm. lives, our society changing so much going on. Yeah. We can look at all of that and we get to choose how we want to show up in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the most exciting thing. Mm-hmm. I, t- tr- I mean, I get giddy when I think about it because we're not bound by what is. What yeah. is is yesterday's news. It's already happened. Yeah. We, are, we have this clear path from which to create. That's and so we have good. lots and lots of people to help us create. So. I love that. And I think too, when I, cause I hear the word master and I I think back to kind of the old adage of like 10,000 hours and then Mm -hmm. you're a master and it's so much more than that. And it's, and it's like you and Jessica put it great, the curiosity and the passion. And like you said, how you choose to show up is what makes a master versus just someone who's good at Mm -hmm. their craft. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone could be, uh, do a great Bob. But I think to truly be a master and a mentor, you have to show up curious. You have to choose. I mean, yeah, mastery doesn't come soon in your career. So you have to choose to show up every day curious and passionate about what you do. And I think that's what like people like you, Simon Sinek, Brene, Van Council, Chevello, uh, we, the list can go on and on of, of these masters. And it's more of their, their energy, this, this vivaciousness and this passion they have for their life and their career. And that's, what's more attractive than, Mm -hmm. than doing a perfect cut or color. Totally. We have got to follow what we love Mm -hmm. because that is the only thing that is going to keep you in the game when it gets hard and it's going to get hard. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked a lot about um, kind of these big name people who have created mastery. Um, But help us bring it back down to the level of somebody who is running a small business. Talk to us a little bit about if you're an owner, if you're a manager of a local small salon or however big it might be, but how can we take these concepts and make it something that they can use as a driving force to the way they do things every day? 
day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because, well, for so many reasons, first of all, small business is the heartbeat and the thread of our society. And it has Mm -hmm. taken an atomic bomb hit, you know, through the, so, so, um, talk about all of the buzzwords, pivoting, regrouping, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we, we, for a, a leader in a small business and an owner of a small business and specifically a salon owner, now is the time for us to get really grounded mm. in our strong operational foundations and the vision for what we want to create mm-hmm. because the same thing applies with every single thing that you may have faced over this past year, every single governor's order that you were going to get shut down or that you had to work at half capacity or that you were open again and then you were closed or for our friends in California, open, closed, (laughs) open, closed, open, closed for us in New York, working at 50%. Every single day you are making a choice about how you want to show up based on how you filled in that blank. So I fill in my small business owner blank and I have a small company. Um, You know, we're a mighty team of 15 people. We're a very boutique salon. Mm. Um, We have only 10 chairs, right? But we have a very big spirit. So I feel filled in my blank. I want to be the type of leader who is fully committed to creating prosperity for their team, Mm -hmm. creates amazing experiences for their team and for their guests. And even though the conditions, so, so that, that's so important to know how you fill in your blank, how you live that space between the parentheses is so important to know because it informs the actions that you take. Had I answered in another way, I never would have applied for PPP funding or, you know, Mm -hmm. taken an idle loan or anything like that. And now as we're, you know, looking at this brilliant new year, and as we're, you know, we're seeing this light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, things are going to start to evolve It could entirely be that our business reshapes itself. And I'm very excited for Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I think the inspiration to a small business owner is get your foundational operational ducks in the truck. You have got to have that handled so that you can weather and that you can pivot and that you can move and that you can flex as the business conditions demand that we flex. So, um, make sure all of, all of the things that we talked about in the Academy, all of the things that are available through any type of industry business education that's available to you, it, take advantage of it and make sure, make sure you're getting that benchmarked P and L make sure you know where there's those big expense benchmarks are sitting right now today mm-hmm. and make sure you're doing what you can to control them. And then turn your attention squarely toward the revenue side of the business. And let's think about all of the great things that we can do to create additional revenue and attract new guests. And that's, you know, God, that's a whole nother topic yeah. too. But Jessica, did I answer your question? I'm not <laughs> sure I did. I, I, I felt like I kind of wandered a little bit, but, but maybe. So no, tell me, you ask abs- me more. No, yeah. you absolutely did. Um, 
two things though. I want to add to this. Um, one, will you tell people where they can get information on the business Academy if they haven't participated already? Because I think that, um, we have a lot of listeners that are outside of the Aveda network and this will be some new information to them. And then part two, if you could give owners, since this is the beginning of the year, um, one, two, maybe three at the most action items of something they can tangibly walk away from this episode and go do that is going to help set them up for success for this upcoming year? What would those few things be? Yep, for sure. I can do that. If you're interested, uh, I think that the next go rounds of the virtual business Academy are being organized right now. So I'm not even sure that we yet have dates, but do your listeners have a, a way of just reaching out to you and raising their hand to you, Jessica, and then you can just get me that information and we can stay in touch with them. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Why don't you guys, if you're interested in more information about the business Academy of which I said we could do an entire episode on oh, yeah. because there's such great value in that email us at the beautiful hustle podcast at gmail.com. And I'll put you in direct touch with Virginia. And we can get you those resources. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, so number one, um, I'm going to give you three or four, and you know, <laughs> maybe maybe more. But number one, get your financial house in order. Number yes. one, okay. you must have a PL. You must receive a benchmarked PL every month. You must. You must. You must. Otherwise, you cannot make good decisions. You have three huge expenses that you're trying to manage every single month. They're the yes. big rock expenses. The first is what you are paying your technical people. Your mm -hmm. service provider payroll is your number one expense. It must be at 45% or less. Otherwise, you might be in a little trouble and you might not even know that. The second, um, and these are in no particular order, depends on your market, is what you're paying for your products, the cost of actually delivering your service. You have to know what those expenses are and how much that is costing you. And the third is your rent. And if you are operating at reduced capacity, it is really important that those expenses that you take a good, hard look at them and make sure that they're in alignment because it's the key to helping you sort of survive and move through this next interim time mm -hmm. that we're going to be, that we're going to be entering right now. Um, so that's number one. Number two, think about what you are doing to bring new guests into your business and make sure that you have a solid strategy, an ongoing strategy, new guests, new guests, new guests coming in at the top of the funnel have to happen to be able for us to sustain the business. And one of the big things that influences whether a guest tries us for the first time and stays with us is our entry-level price point. Mm -hmm. mm. We must have our entry-level price point set at, a, at a, an easy yes place. And the reason is you may be, or one may be, a hairdresser, you may be worth four times an entry-level price point haircut. But if you do not have demand at that price point, you will never mm -hmm. get busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got to set, set your entry-level price point. We like $35 for a haircut. For most markets, there is some market sensitivity. If you're in a bubble market like New York or LA or whatever, that it's, it might, might be a little bit different. But think about this. Just really think about it. More guests coming through the door 
and more guests sitting in your chair give you more opportunity to retain those guests. Mm-hmm. And that has to happen. So number one, get your financial house in order. Number two, make sure your entry-level price point is set at a level that is an attractive place to, to get the new guest to say yes. And that $35, think about it. There's lower risk there. There's lower expectation from the guest point of view, and there's lower risk, mm-hmm. right? So it's an easy yes. We get them through the door. We love them. We deliver a great experience. And then we can grow and build with them over time. Um, and then the third thing that I really, really, really encourage um, leaders to think about, if you have a team and if you're trying to develop a team of people, have a clearly articulated development plan in place. Think yeah. about doing something. It's a new year. Think about doing something to kick off your new year, coming from your vision, coming from that place of the leader that you want to be. And make sure you're taking time to connect with your team and find out what's important to them because it is their motivation that Mm -hmm. is fueling their desire to do all of the things that are required for them to be successful. So we have to know what that is and make sure that we've put in place a really clear path for them to grow and succeed with your company. So I think those would be my top three. I love love that. that. It's fantastic. And, um, such a great place for people to start. And, um, that's a great place for us to also end our second interview. (laughs) I know, but it's a great segue into our next topic that we're going to have a pleasure of chatting with you about tomorrow, which is the changing nature of the guest guest relationship. Um, I think that, things are going to be different than they ever have before and they will never go back to the way they were. So it's important for us to understand that evolution. So thanks. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us again today. Again, I've learned so much from you. Um, I feel like you're just going to have to be a regular and come on and school Uh, us every quarter. Oh my God. (laughs) Anytime. I just love connecting with you guys and thanks for creating this platform for us to be connected to the beautiful people in our business. And I just want to say thanks and have an awesome day. Fantastic. Thank you. All right, guys, I don't know about you, but that was amazing. Hope you guys enjoyed every minute of that. If you need, of course, go back and re-listen and take some notes down because that's what I'm going to be doing. Absolutely. So much great information shared and still more to come. If you love what you're hearing, make sure to hit subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. Mm -mm. Head over to Instagram also and give us a follow at the Beautiful Hustle Podcast. Don't forget tomorrow we have another episode dropping with Virginia Meyer. You guys, it's only going to get better. I'm so excited for it. So we will see you guys tomorrow. Until then, stay beautiful and keep hustling. 